fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society, allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. It is that time. It is the greatest day of the entire week. Obviously, a Friday, ready to rock and roll. We are days away from election 2022. The madness has ensued. There is more. Again, why do you wait until the last minute for a quote-unquote October surprise? Why do you wait for the last minute to have a debate when you have record number early voter turnout this election? People not wanting to wait in lines. People giddy and excited to go out and get that I voted sticker. Good golly, what a year it's been. I think, show of hands, how many people are exhausted and ready for election cycle to be done one way or the other, I know most of you are. Welcome into the show. Boy, do we have a lot to get to today. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are on multiple radio stations, TV stations, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch, listen to the show. Welcome aboard your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. Big show lined up for you today. We're going to have some fun. As it is the end of the week, we try and get away from politics for a little bit, and we're going to do that here momentarily. Bottom of the hour, we're also going to get into elections across the pond, if you know what I mean. We're going to talk with David Rubin. He is a former mayor in Israel. He is also the author of many books, including, if I can bring up his page here, Trump and the Jews. Also, his latest book, Confronting Radicals, What America Can Learn from Israel. So we'll talk with him at the bottom of the hour. The rise of a power again by the man none other than benjamin netanyahu didn't see that one or expect that one did you so we'll talk about that coming up at the bottom of the hour we also have some latest poll numbers we have some audio from some very entertaining debates that have happened across the nation and more but first i want to step away from the politics for just a minute as you know it's been a a pretty entertaining week it's been halloween it's been the day of the dead it's uh, been kind of a festive week as we get into the trifecta in the u.s especially here with halloween and then thanksgiving and then christmas i guess you could say there's four of them because then you got new year's before we kick off the dull boring wintry time of january of 2023 but before we do that it's time to celebrate what we have celebrated this week and let's get into our what's trending story of the day What's trending today? And excited to have on the program with us here. He is the author of many books and photographs that he takes as well as a professional photographer and author and everything else. His latest book, A Trail of Marvels. Excited to have on the program with us here at Mr. Jeff Winningham. Jeff, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Thank you. Hey, very good. I'm excited to have you on the program. I uh, This week has been, this is the best time of year. I love it because especially where I'm at here in Kansas, it's been 90 degrees, 100 degrees, 110 degrees all summer long. I am loving now, finally, the change in the scenery, the changing color of the leaves, a little bit cooler weather. It's been raining here all day. It looks like now, finally, like Halloween or Day of the Dead. It's it's finally the season that we get to kick back and enjoy a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, and, you know, I'm here in Houston, and I travel a good bit in Mexico, and this time of year is when it generally turns cool here, so... When Halloween and Day of the Dead come, the good weather come with them generally, and this year is no exception. Absolutely. Now, talk about, because you your book, Trail of Marvels, talks a lot about Day of the Dead. And for those that may not know what it is, uh, they try and tie it in with Halloween, which I guess it's kind of like Halloween. But for those that may not know, give us kind of a layman's term of what is the Day of the Dead. 
Well, the Day of the Dead gets associated with Halloween for two reasons. First of all, it happens at almost exactly the same time. Halloween, of course, is October 31st. Day of the Dead is November 1st and 2nd. The other connection is that they both relate, but in very different ways, to death. Uh, Halloween, not so much specifically to death, but to ghosts, goblins, witches, uh, ghouls, that kind of stuff. And it's a kind of a macabre and bit of a scary holiday anyway you cut it, except for children who go out and trick-or-treat and that has become more and more the dominant thing that we know about Halloween, trick-or-treat. But in Mexico, in much of Latin America, um, there is the celebration of the quote-unquote Day of the Dead or Dia de los Muertos, and it happens on uh, All Saints and All Souls Days of the Catholic calendar. The, the, the ceremony traces back way beyond historical record, at least five centuries and more. And the basic idea of it is that um, the traditional belief that on these days, the souls of those who have died, who still have family, those souls are given divine permission to return to earth for one day to be with their family. For children who died, their spirits come back on November the 1st. For all others, adults, that they return on November the 2nd. And in either case, it's a matter of their families welcoming those spirits home for those days to enjoy the earthly pleasures that they enjoyed in their own mortal life. Mm-hmm. So a Mexican family will build an ofrenda, an altar, in their home. And there on that altar will be not only photographs of those they remember who have now passed, but there will be all their favorite earthly things, their favorite foods, their favorite drinks, their favorite musical instruments, perhaps their fiesta costumes. Uh, and that's all. They, the traditional belief is that the spirits partake of the essence of these things and then have to return to the afterlife uh, after that one day. It's the best time to visit Mexico for anybody who's uh, a foreigner in particular because the belief is that the spirits return in some living form. So if you or I visit a Mexican home, uh, particularly in rural Mexico where the tradition holds very tightly, cities are changing a bit, more toward Halloween. But in the smaller towns and villages, the belief is that you and I, if we arrive on that day, are likely bearing, carrying the spirit of those they love who have departed. So you're welcomed in the most unconditional and hospitable possible way. The spirits have one day, and then they return. But each year, that happens. And it is, I think it's fair to say, overall, the most important holiday in Mexico, more important than Christmas, more important than Easter. Um, it's the great time to be in Mexico. It sounds like a great time to be in Mexico. I would love to go down there for that one. Now, this seems similar, and I think this is where they based the Disney movie Coco off of. Did, did they depict oh. that relatively relatively accurate in that movie? Oh, yes. You know, it's so interesting. That movie made more people aware of the Dead, I think, than you know, all people in previous history. I mean, you know, I teach, and, and in my classes, I generally uh, find a way to take a leave for, to go to the Dead for a week. And I'm always telling my students the week before, 
I'm going for Day of the Dead. You know what I mean? And in the past, no one knew. Sure. The last few years, when I asked that question, all the students raise their hand. And I say, how do you know about it? And they say, Coco. Coco. That's right. I love that. I love <laughs> Now, being a photographer, I can imagine, I've seen some of the pictures of Day of the Dead celebrations down in Mexico. And it is, uh, I mean, you. we think that Christmas is very bright and colorful and filled with lights and flashing things here in the country. I've seen some of these pictures of Day of the Dead down in Mexico at that time. Uh, it leaves nothing unlit and it takes it puts us to shame for christmas doesn't it (laughs) in many ways it does i mean it varies from one region of the country to the other that basic idea that i gave you that the spirits return for one day that's common through all of mexico every region every part every village every city but depending on the region the celebration can be more of a solemn occasion or it can be more of a party in the Oaxaca area, for example, in southern Mexico, it is a party. The fireworks, the festivities are just unmatched any other time of the year. Everybody gets in costume. Everybody dances. It's just great fun. Another part of Mexico that I covered in the book was the state of Michoacan, which is in southwestern Mexico. And that is much more of a solemn occasion. There will be occasional musical strings, but it's like quiet music in the cemetery. So it varies from region to region, but overall, it's the same common belief. I love that. What is the meaning or the purpose of coloring or decorating the skulls? Actually, here in my studios, we actually have a Spanish radio station just down the hall from me, and they actually have one in the studio right now that is very colorful, it's very decorative, and it makes the skull look very, very beautiful. And you see all these pictures, but what is the symbolism and the purpose of doing that? Well, first of all, some of the skulls, many of the skulls that you see in the photographs in my book are skulls made of candy, of basically sugar. So they are like, they are uh, Day of the Dead treats, and children buy them, adults buy them, uh, exchange them. Sometimes you buy them with the name uh, printed in icing on the forehead. You know, if you have a, 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 a cousin named Juan, You might go and find a candy skull with one on it and give it to him, and that's his pleasure to eat. You know, it comes from that whole idea that it's a day of pleasure, pleasure for the spirits and pleasure for us that are still alive. And in my book, I I write a great deal about my progressive understanding in my own way of what the Day of the Dead is about. You know, my first awareness was, if you believe the spirits return, They do. I mean, that's what spirits are. They're what you feel is there in one sense. So that kind of dawned on me first. But the primary thing that I take away from it now, after 30-some-odd years of photographing Day of the Dead and that much time to think about it as well, the primary thing I take away is this, that the Day of the Dead is a way of both honoring those in your family who have passed, but also in the process of doing that, to be made aware that we are alive for only a certain amount of time and you should enjoy it. Sure. You know, enjoy the world while you can because you will die. And that's that's really a joyous message. And so in many ways it should more probably properly be called the day of the living. 
I love that. I love that. We're talking with Jeff Winningham, which you can find online, G-E-O-F-F Winningham.com, JeffWinningham.com. You can see all his photos. You can see his books. The Trail, A Trail of Marvels is this book here as we talk about the Day of the Dead. Uh, Jeff, we got just about a minute left here before we have to let you go with a hard break. But your favorite, with all the years that you've traveled down there, all the photos that you've taken, in their traditions, in the holiday, in the way they celebrate, what is your favorite part of Day of the Dead? My favorite part or my favorite photo? I'm not sure what you're asking. Uh, either my one. Either part? one, yeah. Well, my favorite photo is the frontispiece. There's a picture just opposite the title page. There's a man um, laying face down on a gravestone, propped up on his elbows, reading a book. And he's in this the sweetest, softest, most beautiful sunlight. And there's something about that picture, I guess, is because I'm a big reader and kind of an academic. The idea of kind of reading your way through life, knowing you're going to die. I love that picture. It, 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 it's comforting and sweet to me. In terms of my favorite part of Day of the Dead, I would have to say I had the most fun in Oaxaca on the night before November 1st when they did their fantastic fireworks displays. I mean, the fireworks displays in Mexico are like nothing we would ever see in this country. Way too dangerous. Way too much fun. But that's, that's kind of my favorite part. Of it. Local fire departments would not approve in the country here. I no. love it. It is Jeff Winningham, a trail of marvels. Go check out the book. JeffWinningham.com is the website. Jeff, it's great to talk to you, my friend. Thank you so much for coming yeah. on. we got to do this again soon. Thanks for having me. Hey, appreciate that very much. All right, there you go. Some interesting conversation there. I love it. I love hearing about how the cultures practice their own traditions. We'll have to do that again here soon. When we come back. We have some election updates for you. Debates going on across the country. The latest poll numbers. How are things looking as we get into Tuesday's election day? Right here on a Friday episode of The Voice of Reason. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So I find that stuff absolutely fascinating. Thanks again to Jeff Winningham. A little bit of a break from politics for just a minute. It is a Friday. Why not wrap up? A little bit more lighthearted. We will get some politics here in just a second. If you are watching the video stream, though, I had to bring it in. I had to go sneak over to the La Raza uh, Spanish radio station that's just down the hall from me here and had to snag the skull that is in their studio. So if you're watching the video, I think I got it up here. Yeah, there you go. I think it's the coolest looking thing I think I've ever seen. Absolutely love it. It shows the acceptance of mortality, at least in the physical form, and then the beauty to be able to enjoy it as well. Look at that. So deep. So deep on this show. Deep thoughts with Andy. (laughs) That's what we do. Welcome into the show. All right. Let's shift gears a little bit here. We have some politics to get to as we get closer to Election Day. What's trending today? And let's go ahead and do this. Down in Georgia, which I find hilarious. This was a great one. I don't know why they did a debate so late. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But nonetheless, Marjorie Taylor Greene went up against her Democrat challenger in that congressional seat. And the moderator seemed to try and go after her on how do you fact check your information, Marjorie Taylor Greene, because you spread a lot of quote unquote controversial content. 
This is her response. The things I say in public are the truth, and that's why they're so offensive to Democrat activists in the media just like you. And you're asking me a blanket question with no example. I stand by the things that I say. I stand by saying that we need to secure our border, that we need to protect all of our freedoms and our rights, that we need to stop the America last Democrat communist policies that are destroying our country. I stand by the words that I say. They're just offensive to Washington, D.C. and the swamp creatures there because the words that I speak are the same as as Americans back home, the same as people in Georgia's 14th district. And the words that I speak are the truth. And you want to know something, Josh? Sometimes the truth hurts and Washington deserves to hear it. We're over 31 trillion in debt. Our government has failed the American people. And right now, this administration has us on the verge of a nuclear war with Russia, where they care more about funding a war in Ukraine than they care about protecting Americans, helping homeless people on the streets and securing our border and stopping fentanyl from killing young people in America. Congresswoman Green. Zing. Boy. I mean, what more do you need to know? Why doesn't the rest of the Republican Party have feistiness like that? Why don't they have fight? Hey, oh, you're trying to say that I spread misinformation on Twitter and I say all these things. Guess what? Everything I say is fact, and here's the facts that are going on. Why aren't you focused on these issues instead of treating me like a Donald Trump on, why do you say things that are very controversial? Come on, man. Now, they also tried to go after it by the opponent, meaning trying to go after her as well. And again, Puts him back in his place. She's too busy flying around the country. She spent $37,000 in the last quarter alone on flights all over the country. She spends too much time in New York, Bedminster, Florida, Michigan, Arizona, Texas. She's never here in our district. Time, you've named her so you get to respond? Uh, Yes, I, I will respond to that. Marcus has never been a business owner and knows nothing about business. He's never signed the front of a paycheck, so it's hard for him to even comprehend how to do that. He supports the Democrat Party, the party of the Green New Deal, the party of destroying American energy independence, which is the number one need for manufacturing companies in my district. And by the way, Calhoun is in Gordon County, not Dalton. That's Whitfield County. You don't know anything about our district. I do. I am going to work very hard to lower inflation and also open up many opportunities for businesses growing and developing in Northwest Georgia. And I'm so excited to be a part of that. Again, can we just level up again here? There it is. Well done. I have a feeling. I have a feeling that Marjorie Taylor Greene is not going to have an issue winning her reelection in the 14th district of Georgia. The big race is there, obviously, with Herschel Walker running for that Senate seat, trying to dismount that Democrat. And, of course, Brian Kemp, which we have some news on Brian Kemp and the governor's race in Georgia as well when we come back later on in the program. So stick with us there. When we come back, though, right around the corner, David Rubin. He's in Israel. He's got multiple books. He's a former mayor. He's going to talk to us about the Israel elections and Benjamin Netanyahu when we come back here for a Friday here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, you are. Welcome back into the program, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. We love you to death. Welcome aboard on a Friday, trying to get you set for the weekend and the last weekend before Election Day. I know you're excited, right? Finally made it. All the ads, 
All the knocking on the doors, all the mailers coming into your mail, clogging things up. It's finally going to come to an end here in just a couple of days. All the yard signs, which I have to admit, there has not been nearly as many yard signs as what I normally see in an election season. Is that the same everywhere else? I mean, I'm based here in Wichita. We're on multiple radio stations all over the country, but where I'm based out of in Wichita, I don't see as many yard signs as what I normally do. They're starting to pick up a little bit, but I just don't see as many. Kind of strange. Don't know what's going on there. Welcome back into the program. By the way, if you have not signed up yet, make sure to sign up for our newsletter. We're going to send out our newsletter coming up on Tuesday next week on Election Day. Normally, I send it out like the first of the month, but I wanted to give people opportunity to sign up if you have not done so yet. And we're going to send out a special one for Election Day to try to do the hoorah to feel good as you get your I Voted sticker on Tuesday. Or if you've already voted, then maybe you'll still feel that hoorah and feel that emotion going on through. Just go to the website, whosyourreason.com, H-O-O-S-E-R, reason.com. As soon as it comes up, it'll pop up and say, do you want to become a Hoosierholic? You say, heck yes, I do. Totally free. We don't spam you all the time. All we do is just send you a monthly email regarding our blog and what's going on for the month and civic holidays for the month and what's going on with the radio show and who you've had on and who's coming up and what's going on with the Hoosier Media Network and all that good stuff. So sign up, become a Hoosierholic, and become a member with our newsletter. David Rubin, not able to get a hold of him right now. We'll try and get him back on here momentarily. As, uh, I mean, you know, there's a time difference between now and Israel, and he probably fell asleep or something. So no worries. But uh, we'll talk with David Rubin at some point. I want to get an update from these elections. For those that haven't been following that too terribly much, and then we'll talk about what's going on here with our elections on Tuesday. The elections in Israel went on throughout this week, and it sounds like Benjamin Netanyahu has taken over as prime minister again because even as the Jew in Israel, he has been able to come together with the collective in his entire cabinet. Now, for those that aren't familiar, and I'm not the expert on this, so don't quote me on how these things are done, but for those that are want to know the generics of elections in Israel, you don't just elect one individual. You elect someone who can actually put all the factions together in an entire cabinet. So you're not just voting on the person, you're voting on the entire team is at least my understanding of how that's done. And Benjamin Netanyahu, who was prime minister for a long time, who stepped down because of some corruption issues or something that he did with the media that he wasn't supposed to do with the media, uh, he's back because he's the only one that can actually put together an entire cabinet or a team the way that needs to be done to cover and represent all the factions to the level that they're happy with. Why other people don't do that? I don't know, because I'm not involved with their politics. I don't know much about their politics back there. But obviously with a Jewish community and a Muslim community and a Christian community and the other communities that are all over there, it's very difficult to do so. I personally have been a very big fan of Benjamin Netanyahu because of his connection with the United States and with the relationship that he has with the United States, how he is a badass military guy in his youth and has a lot of confirmed kills, and he's a very strong, stern leader, and he's been a great one that's been able to keep Israel safe all these years against all the enemies that surround them over there and how much of an ally we need to be with Israel. I give him kudos and commend him for that. And it sounds like he has risen to power yet again, even with some of the ongoing investigations. We'll get some deeper details from David Rubin on the program, if not today, then a little bit later on the program next week as well. But for now, let's get into what's trending here in the United States, because we are just what? Let's Saturday, Sunday, Monday. We're four days away from Election Day, baby. What's trending today? So before the break, we played the clip of Marjorie Taylor Greene down in the state of Georgia, 14th District, and how she just walked not all over the opponent, the Democrat opponent, but also the uh, moderator as well. The moderator tries to go after her, and she just don't take no crap. 
there are a lot of candidates nationwide that are starting to take that philosophy of we're not going to take it anymore. Remember the song? Not going to sing it. D. Snyder, we're not going to take it. Yeah, yeah. We need to do. We need to have that mentality as a Republican Party because we have been walked all over for so many years. It's getting pretty embarrassing, honestly. Mitch McConnell needs to go. I'm sorry, Kevin McCarthy going to be potentially Speaker of the House when we take the majority. That I, I guess is cool. It's better than Nancy Pelosi. Not quite as conservative as what we'd like, but we'll take it, right? But we need to start working on cleaning out the party, which we have. We've done a lot. Liz Cheney, goodbye. She is gone, she is done, and she is out as soon as January hits. Isn't that kind of ironic? The investigation that she's on the January 6th committee that she thinks is like the greatest thing on the face of the earth, and that is going to be her uh, legacy in Washington, D.C. She's going to be out after January 6th of 2023 because she lost in her state by a near 60% margin. Here's the kicker, though. With Republicans winning left and right, And not only just winning, but winning with candidates who support Donald Trump, the MAGA. Remember uh, Joe Biden saying that we are the most radical domestic terrorists on the face of the earth? With MAGA candidates winning, with solid conservatives winning, with non-politicians winning all over the nation, and not just winning, but winning by being very vocal on their opinions, which is what's supposed to happen. They're supposed to say, I believe this. There's two types of politicians. One of them says, hey, uh, I don't really know what to do. I'm going to get voted in, and then my special interest is going to tell me what to do. The party's going to guide me and lead me, and I'm just going to kind of go along to get along because that's just what I'm going to do. There are others as well that say, I'm a representative. I'm going to tell you exactly what I believe, and if you like what I believe, then me representing you will be beneficial, and you vote for me, and I will stand on my ground, and I will represent based on my ideals, and you support me like that because I stand for those ideals, and I'm going to fight for those tooth and nail. That's what we need. We have that with Marjorie Taylor Greene. You don't have to agree with everything she's doing, but you at least have to respect her for the, st- for the fact that she stands up, calls out the other side, calls out the shenanigans, calls out the lies, and then stands for what she believes in. I respect that. I respect Bernie Sanders. I don't like anything that he does. I don't like his policies, but I respect him because he at least stands for his principles. Now, he is a bit of a hypocrite as well. I mean, he's got three vacation homes where he talks about evil rich millionaires and billionaires, so there is that. But at least he fights for the values that he stands for, to a degree. On our side, though, we have Marjorie Taylor Greene. We have Lauren Boebert. We have Ron DeSantis. We have some great Republican leaders. A lot of that was started because of Donald Trump. And there are candidates all over the nation right now running in this election that desperately need our support because they're trying to do the same thing. Herschel Walker, for example. Up in Michigan, we have a great one running for governor. Up there, we have Carrie Lake down in Arizona running for governor down there. We have some great Republican candidates. And because of Republicans finally, finally standing up and believing in what they say and fighting for what they believe in, which is something that we don't see from politicians a whole lot in today's times, because because Republicans are finally getting a backbone and growing a spine, you know what's happening? The Democrats who have been the bullies, the Democrats who have been the mob, the Democrats who have been the bullies on the playground for such a long time, because Barack Obama really brought this to light, but it was happening beforehand too. Barack Obama was the master of it. We're going to promote an agenda, and it's going to be far left radical. It's going to be insane. It's going to be socialist. It's going to be nuts. We're going to promote this agenda. 
And when Republicans fight against the agenda, we're going to turn the narrative around with the spin team and the mainstream media and say that Republicans are refusing to negotiate and compromise with us. Not, let's come to the table and find a happy solution between the two. No, no, they're refusing to side with us. They're refusing to allow the country to move forward. They're refusing to work alongside us to get things done. Now, to them, to get things done is the most radical agenda you could possibly have. But to them, that's what they think. That's the mainstream. And if you just don't go along with it, then you're the problem. When we come to a gridlock and we shut down the government, Republicans, you are at a fault because you're not coming to the table and conversing with us. This is the the political world that we've seen for a very long time. Now, finally, Republicans have had enough. They're sick of it. And we have some very outspoken candidates. And again, respect them for what they are. Agree with some of it. Disagree with some of it. I don't want you to agree with a politician 100% of the time. It's totally okay. Because we're starting to grow a spine and speak our minds, Here's what we get in response. And think about, I mean, you can come to the conclusion here. What happens when you finally stand up to a bully after a bully expects you to cower every time they bully you? They get angry. They try to bully you even more, and they squeeze you even more. According to MSN, a wide majority of Americans are concerned about politically motivated violence during election season. Now, why do you think there's going to be violence? Why do you think that there's going to be violence in the nation during election season? Is it Republicans? Is it the MAGA crowd that's going to be out in the streets when Democrats, if Democrats, God forbid, hold the majority in the Senate or have a 50-50 split or, God forbid, Democrats win in some of the governor's races? If those happen, is it going to be Republicans out in the streets shooting their guns off, burning up cities, blowing up vehicles and car lots, stealing and looting stores? Is it going to be the Republicans that are going to be threatening law officials or Republicans that are going to be threatening elected officials? Is it going to be the Republicans doing those things? I'm curious Because that's what we've seen on the other side for the last five years. And the Democrats and the mainstream media don't talk about it. But what they do talk about is the most radical, domestic, terrorist, violence-ridden party ever. And that is the Trump supporters and the MAGAs and the ultra-MAGAs and whatever else they want to call us. That's what we are. And while we see an attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband... They blame it on, again, MAGA Republicans. Now, the guy was in the heart of San Francisco. He was a crazy uh, wackadoodle left winger. But nonetheless, it was the mainstream media in Fox News that he had probably never seen in his entire life. But it was Fox News that put that anger and that hatred in his mind to want to go out and attack Nancy Pelosi and her husband. That's the narrative that's being spread. So already, elected officials on the other side say if Republicans win the majority on Tuesday... And they win the Senate back, and they win the House back, and they win these governor seats, and they win the attorney general seats, then there's going to be violence in the streets because of them, because of those Republicans. It's like the abuser that's railing on the woman and says, you're making me do this. Why do you make me do this? That's what the Democrats are. They're the narcissists. They're the abusers. They're the crazy people that are violent and hateful in this country. We need to be aware of that. Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today for a Friday wrapping up. 
for the end of the week, getting ready for next week on Election Day. I know you're excited. I'm excited. You scream ice cream. We all scream for ice cream. I am excited about this election and what we're going to see with this red wave. And even though, like we talked about, the violent threats from the left, that's not going to work for us. We don't cower to bullies. We don't cower to terrorists just because they make their threats. They can say there's going to be riots in the street. Guess which side has law enforcement on their side? Guess which side has the Second Amendment and firearms for our self-defense and concealed carry? I'm just throwing it out there. So you can scream and throw your temper tantrums all you want, Democrats. All you do is burn your own cities down where the majority of your voters are, and then you try to play the victim that they're burnt down. You can't have it both ways. And that's why most people are waking up. That's why I'm optimistic about this election. That's why I think we're seeing so many Hispanics and black voters and Asian voters and Native America, whatever, all these different identity politics garbage we've talked about for so long, coming over to the Republican side, realizing that the left has made false promises, they've lied through their teeth, and that conservatism and constitutionalism needs to reign true for us to actually get our country back and have our streets paved with gold and the opportunity for everybody. As I promised earlier in the program, and we played the clips of Marjorie Taylor Greene during that debate, which was absolutely phenomenal, I had some other news in the state of Georgia as well for one more time in our What's Trending story of the day. What's trending today? And yes, I'm focusing a lot of attention on Georgia today because that's one of the more hotly contested states. Obviously, we have Pennsylvania with Dr. Oz and with Fetterman in that Yahoo. Then we have, I mean, just about every state. We have Michigan, we have Idaho, we have Kansas here. We have a lot of different places, but there are multiple races that are up for grabs here in Can- or in uh, in the state of Georgia. And the Republican governor, Brian Kemp, just got another big W under his belt as he goes into the final stretch against Stacey Abrams. Which, can we be honest for just a second? If that's the best Democrats have, then good luck. This is a repeat of the previous governor's race where Stacey Abrams still has not conceded that one, still thought that she won, and she's the mastermind of voter fraud in that state where she was like, oh, oh, hold on a second. The election's not done. I totally just found this box of mail-in ballots in the trunk of my car. Don't know where they came from. She's the master that was able to orchestrate the election fraud stuff in Georgia that they kind of used on a grander scale, allegedly, in the 2020 presidential election. Now it's up again, and she's not very happy with the voter laws that they changed in the state of Georgia after 2020 that, by the way, are essentially mimicking what they did here in Kansas with our former Secretary of State and our current Secretary of State and what we do for our election integrity here in our state, which I'm very, very proud of. Could we do better? Absolutely, we can do better. But uh, we are one of the best ones in the country, and we will continue to be one of the best ones in the nation. And Georgia, remember, the whole World Series thing, we're not going to do the the All-Star baseball game in Georgia because they did this election law that's going to stop people from turning out to vote. And they left. Yeah, they based those laws off of Kansas, and they've still seen record voter turnout with over 2 million people voting prior to Election Day in the state of Georgia alone. That is absolutely amazing. And she has nothing to say on the fact that there's a record voter turnout when she said these voter laws were going to stifle people from turning out to vote because it was going to make it more difficult to vote. Obviously, that's not true. Obviously, that's a lie. And she kind of had to eat her foot on that one. So, nonetheless, as we go into the final days of the governor's race and Stacey Abrams, the grand, uh, soon-to-be rising star, take two of the Democrat Party with Stacey Abrams, she has lost a major endorsement from a political Democrat activist in the state, according to Sean Hannity's website with Hannity.com. Top Georgia Democrat Kwanzaa Hall, a former Democrat candidate for lieutenant governor, has decided to endorse 
Republican candidate Brian Kemp over Stacey Abrams in the race, saying, quote, while we don't agree on every issue, it's abundantly clear that Brian Kemp is a man of character, a strong leader, and someone who Georgians can trust to put the uh, put them and their interests first. I greatly appreciate Congressman Hall's support in the campaign, according to Kemp. Kwanzaa and has ability to serve our capital city and our state for many years. I look forward to working with him and other hardworking Georgians to put political differences aside and keep our state the best place to live, work, and raise a family for the next four years. A Democrat endorsing the Republican, a major Democrat leader in the state of Georgia, endorsing Brian Kemp, losing off on Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams, not too happy about that. She's the rising star in the Democrats, man. Come on. She fills in the gap. She is of minority descent. She's a female. She's in a red state. She's supposed to be this crazy progressive. She fits the boxes. Why isn't the Democrat Party rallying around her as much as they should, by golly? <laughs> Why? Because she's a loser and she's absolutely crazy. That's all I got to say about that. So that's going to be a big race. Hopefully we can continue to see Georgia turn red, even with that Herschel Walker race as well. But remember, the Republican Party's racist too, right? Yeah, that does it for us today. Back at it on Monday. Until then, have a great weekend. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.